Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Welcome to 2018. Oh my gosh. Remember the days when we used to write a lot of checks? I don't write as many checks anymore, but that was usually when I knew, all right, this is a new year. I've got to start writing 2018, no longer 2017. Hope you had a great holiday. I enjoyed my 10 days off. A couple of highlights, being a Christmas elf on Christmas Eve and a low light would be a power outage in my home for over 36 hours. I'll share those with you throughout the afternoon. This half hour, my New Year's resolution does not involve quitting smoking or losing weight. It involves equalization. <laughs> and the only reason I'm saying this is it was near the end of last year. It was one of our Friday free-for-alls, I'm pretty sure. And and one of our listeners said, you know what, Ange? I don't think Albertans understand equalization. And I think we often default to this idea that all the money goes to Quebec. We don't get any. Why is that the case? How does it work? And that's why my goal this year is to educate you about equalization. But I need Trevor Toome, who's Associate Professor of Economics, University of Calgary, Research Fellow at the School of Public Policy, to help me out. Hello, Trevor. Hello. You had a nice holiday? I did. And luckily, I didn't experience a power outage of any kind. I'm sorry to hear about yours. (laughs) Nothing like when it's minus 30 outside, but I I digress. I want to talk about equalization and transfer payments, because would you agree, Trevor, that I think... The average Canadian, their eyes glaze over, and it, we don't really understand how it works. Yeah, although I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about it this year. So you're right that uh, there are various types of transfer programs from the federal government to provinces, and they're often quite complex. But this year, there's now $75 billion in transfer payments being provided from Ottawa. And so it's a very important policy issue that I think we should try to understand, especially since this year the provinces and the federal government will be renegotiating all of these agreements. So a lot is going to be on the table. I think we're going to hear a lot of discussion on this topic. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you on, because I know we hear of 2018 when we're going to be looking at the the equalization formula, the transfer payment formula. So we'll try to delve into that as well. So when I'm using the term equalization and transfer, are they interchangeable or two separate things? They are separate things. So the $75 billion in transfers that the federal government provides in support to provinces and territories, only about 19 of that is equalization. Uh, so the larger transfer programs are what are called the Canada Health Transfer mm-hmm. and the Canada Social Transfer. These are things that Alberta does receive, uh, and they add up to about a little over $50 billion this year, so $2,000 per Albertan is provided to our government from Ottawa. Then equalization is a separate program that's meant to provide additional support to provinces with relatively uh, lower levels of economic activity, you know, weaker tax bases that have a tougher time raising revenue on their own. And then finally, there's a transfer program specially for the territories because Northern Canada just faces a lot of unique challenges. Mm, okay. So all those total $75 billion, is that what you're saying this year? That's right, $75.4 billion. How do they get the $75 billion? How does Ottawa get that money? 
Well, the Canada Health and Social Transfer, this is a per-person transfer. So as a province's population grows, it's going to receive more. Mm-hmm. But the aggregate amount of payments depends on economic growth. So as Canada's economy grows larger, those transfers grow as well. And if Canada's economy grows only slowly, then those transfers will grow less than in years when Canada's economy grows a lot. Equalization, meanwhile, that's calculated um, also tied to economic activity, so it grows with Canada's economy, but each individual province that gets it behind that transfer is a, a fairly complex formula that estimates how much a province could raise if it had mm. average taxes. And any province that would raise less than an average amount gets topped up. And this average amount, where do we come up with this average amount? So we look across all of Canada and ask how much do uh, or what are personal income tax rates yeah. uh, on average? How much are corporate income tax rates on average? How much are property tax rates on average? And just go right down the list of all the different tax instruments out there. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, PEI, if you had the average income tax rate, the average property tax rate, the average corporate income tax rate, how much money would you bring in per person? And it turns out that's about $6,000. But if you look at what the average province would bring in with those same rates, it's quite a bit higher at about uh, 8500 9000 or so. Mm-hmm. And so then Ottawa fills in that gap between what PEI would bring in with average rates and what the average province brings in with average rates. So around 3000 if you're using the PEI example? Uh, that's right. Okay. However, when you say Ottawa, it really is you and me, right? Because Ottawa is collecting the federal income tax, the federal corporate tax. Is that right? They're collecting it all, and then they're looking across the country at which provinces need to have that equalization formula so that they are equal to the rest of the country. That's exactly right. So we we should think about this just like any other federal spending program. When the federal government buys pencils and paper clips, Uh, It uses its general revenue to do so. When it buys a battleship, uh, not that we buy battleships anymore, but you get the idea. It uses its own general revenue, and when it pays for equalization, it does the same. So it it does matter where it raises its revenue from. Mm. And across Canada, we all have the same personal income tax schedule. The corporate income tax rate's the same everywhere, but not all provinces have the same number of high-income individuals or profitable corporation. Right. So Alberta has a lot of high-income individuals. About one in five Canadians that earns a six-figure salary lives in Alberta, Mm. despite the fact that we're only about one-tenth of the country's population as a whole. And we also disproportionately have uh, higher corporate profits in Alberta. So we just naturally tend to pay more federal taxes because we're richer and have more profitable corporations than, say, uh, PEI does. I, I know you're using PEI, but my <laughs> listeners tend to use to pick on them. <laughs> my t- my listeners tend to focus on Quebec, right? And and so Quebec also benefits then or benefits in the equalization scheme. Are they getting topped up? They are. So Quebec is receiving equalization, and this year will total 11.7 billion dollars. And per person, it's about 1400 per person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they do receive 
less, about half as much equalization per person as PEI does. But because Quebec's population is just so much bigger at uh, over 8 million, it will add up to a much larger number compared to PEI's 150,000 people. Mm -hmm. And so, again, making sure I'm clear on equalization versus Mm -hmm. the transfer payments, because the transfer is really health and social transfers, right? Right. That's just what they're called. It's just a lump of money, though, provided from Ottawa to each province. Right. And so Alberta gets its Canada health transfer, and then they figure out how they're going to use it within our province. The same with the social transfer for social programs. Exactly. That's precisely right. But I think the big bone of contention here with a lot of people is it's the equalization. Even though, I'm throwing more numbers out here, you said the equalization would be about $19 of that overall $75 billion pot. That's right. Okay. So back to equalization. Has Alberta ever received any equalization payments? So you'd have to go back a really long time, I believe into the 50s, since the last time Alberta received equalization. So that was in the really early iterations of the program. Mm -hmm. Um, And then looking more broadly beyond the program, uh, you could ask a, a different question of how much does the federal government spend into Alberta relative to what Albertans and Albertan business pay to Ottawa. Mm -hmm. That's something where um, we pay quite a bit more in federal revenue than it spends in Alberta because we have a lot of higher income households and profitable corporations. You'd have to go back to 1968 to find a year when Albertans paid less to the federal government mm. than it received as spending. So, and got more from, from that, them. That's right. So this is our 50th anniversary of being a net contributor. Well, maybe I should have said, when did this begin? Like way back in Confederation, or have we always had this formula? Oh, so this, this formula has evolved in, in many different ways yeah. over the years. The one that we're uh, under right now was brought in in 2009. Okay, 2009. But for... Years and years and years, our country has had a system where we're trying to help out the have-nots and the have-province are helping them out indirectly. Yeah, it's it's kind of a constitutional requirement yeah. that the federal government ensure that reasonably comparable levels of taxation can fund reasonably comparable levels of public service. Mm. And, of course, that's a vaguely phrased requirement. That's why the formula changes over the years, depending on economic circumstances and political considerations. Uh, but there's always been some form of support uh, for the provinces since Confederation. And I think, historically, uh, a lot of the reason for that was at the time that Canada was formed, the federal government was giving, uh, was provided with substantially greater taxation powers. Um, right. Provinces were limited in the type of taxes that they could collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in exchange, the federal government provided uh, direct transfers to those provinces. So there's been federal transfers to the provinces uh, every year. Uh, since Confederation. Yeah. Okay, so there's the broad strokes. We're going to take a break here because I've just got to let my brain settle for a bit. Okay. And I want to get back to this whole idea, especially when we look at a government and its books, whether or not that plays into this. Trevor Toome is my guest this half hour. He is Associate Professor of Economics at the University of Calgary. We are trying to delve into equalization because we always hear that we're giving away so much, we're not getting anything in return. We're back after this.
Great to have Trevor Toom, my guest this half hour, because this year is going to be a big year when it comes to the whole talk of transfers and equalization payments, because we are looking at the formula and whether or not it has to be reworked. So I definitely will have Trevor on um, every three months or so, just so that we can continue this conversation and it'll be become a little more clear. Trevor, I'm getting some great questions from listeners, especially when it comes to, as I said, Quebec. So um, one person here says, what if the have-not provinces don't help on purpose just to keep getting equalization? Quebec has oil and other natural resources. Why doesn't the hydro get counted into what Quebec makes for money? Should be the same as our oil and gas in Alberta. And this probably speaks, Trevor, to how that whole formula comes about. Yeah. So these are some great questions, and I think questions that the provinces and the feds are going to be tackling this year. Um, Hydro in particular is an issue that's brought up uh, a number of times. So uh, the issue here, think about um, Quebec Hydro, the Mm -hmm. provider of uh, electricity from hydropower plants. They can choose what the rates are that are chosen for you know, rate, rate payers yes. for, for the electricity. Manitoba mm-hmm. as well has a lot of hydro BC. And if they choose a, a lower rate, it may very well be that the profit of that business mm-hmm. enterprise is lower. Yeah. And that will factor into a lower measured fiscal capacity and higher equalization payments. Mm-hmm. So there, there can be absolutely adverse incentive effects from the equalization program. Um, and I, I think that's a challenge that needs to be considered and reworked. But in any formula that we might ever come up with, there's going to be an incentive problem yeah. where if you're an equalization receiving province, this is essentially buffering you from some of the consequences of having uh, a weak economy, uh, for example. And that, just like any insurance, might dampen your incentive to actually try and do things that strengthen the economy. Another texter says Quebec gets the most money in total equalization payments. Ask Trevor about why Quebec gets the most. I think you've, you already touched on this, Trevor, just the fact that they have a higher population. Is this why we ultimately see their equalization payments are higher than anywhere else? Yeah, so Quebec's equalization payments are $1,400 per person. Right. And that is uh, the lowest amount of equalization per person of any receiving province except Ontario. Mm. Uh, but because Quebec is such a um, highly populated province relative to other recipient provinces, they get a lot. So the $11.7 billion is the total pool. Mm-hmm. 1400 is the per person number. Yeah, so if you looked at it that way, but I can see why that person right away sees that Quebec gets the most. Absolutely. So then the idea of, of the balance sheet of a province, is that taken into account because we know here in Alberta that we're racking up um, a continued debt? Mm-hmm. We don't really have a clear plan of when we're going to have a, a balanced budget. Does that play into it at all? Because some people also point to Quebec and say, yeah, look what they do. And and they still get equalization payments. Yep, that is a great question. And roughly speaking, no. What a province's level of taxation and spending actually is uh, doesn't factor directly into the formula. So you can imagine yeah. uh, looking at Alberta's deficit. We do have lower levels of taxes in Alberta compared to other provinces. We are definitely the lowest tax jurisdiction. Uh, our spending levels are also fairly high per person relative to other provinces. So we have a below average level of revenue and an above average level of spending. And we were able to close that circle 
with royalty revenues before. But the equalization program doesn't ask what your taxes actually are. All it asks is how much income exists in your province's Mm. economy, in your province's households. What's the aggregate property value in the province as a whole? And then it applies the national average rates. Um, Yeah, and so Alberta doesn't receive any because our economy is so strong. We have the strongest, uh, highest level of GDP per person of any province, and that translates into high levels of income here in Alberta, even in 2016, even at the bottom of the recession. Whereas in Quebec, their economy is weaker than ours, so they can raise less revenue than we could at the same tax rates. How Quebec gets its balanced budget is because, roughly speaking, its taxes are double what Alberta's are. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes I know I come at from a point of view that do I want to be a have-not province? <laughs> I mean, despite what you're, we've been through, as you say, even the recession for the last couple of years, our economy still is stronger, which I know a lot of my listeners have a hard time wrapping their heads around. That Because the benefits of that strong economic activity are not evenly distributed. Yeah. So the households that experienced layoffs and and job loss through the recession. A a lot of them may not have been rehired because investment in oil and gas is still heavily depressed. Mm -hmm. So there there are deep pockets of pain, don't don't get me wrong, but the overall total amount of income in the province is still quite high. And we saw that in the last census that we did just last year. So even in the recession, there is a substantially uh, larger number of high-income households in Alberta than elsewhere. That's Chapter 1. In a few months, we'll go to Chapter (laughs) 2. Sounds good. (laughs) Trevor, thanks so much. My pleasure. Trevor Toome, Associate Professor of Economics at the University of Calgary. And yeah, we'll continue to talk about this this year, especially as Trevor said, they are looking at the the existing formula. It hasn't been tweaked since 2009. There is a lot of question about how some provinces, their resources aren't part of that formula. And I I know one person was critical of uh, Trevor, but saying uh, he's not talking about the games Quebec plays with electric power revenue along with Manitoba and BC, but he did address that. He talked about Quebec Hydro and whether or not do you have lower rates so that you're not bringing in as much so that your balance sheet doesn't look as profitable. So, no, I think uh, Trevor is a good go-to source and we definitely will go to him again before we say goodbye to 2018. But we are just saying hello to 2018 and we're talking about resolutions after this.